Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. Well, another tough loss for the Orioles last night. Going down to, at the hands of the Rays on a walk-off home run, a game in which they were leading for most of the game, had a 3-1 lead at one point, and they end up losing 4-1. to Just symbolic of a pretty painful Orioles season, but there is plenty good to talk about. That would be the young guys, and we're going to talk about all of that on the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano, joined by Bobby Blanco. Bobby, how you doing today? Oh, I mean, just thinking about those. I mean, isn't that just the way it goes? I mean, you get a lead. You get Alex, Alex Cobb, uh, who's been pitching well recently, and we'll touch on that later. But no run score. You, you only get three runs. You think that's going to be enough. Close out um, the win in, at the trough, and um, the Rays just find a way to, to come back and win it. It was it was a tough going for those, just as, like it's been all season. Yeah. Been, I don't been mean to sound melodramatic. I don't mean to sound melodramatic, but it was just a brutal loss. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. We're we're starting yeah. this on a real great note. Uh, look, it's a sunny day in Baltimore. We're happy. We're 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 you know. Look, it's July. We can't complain that much. No, it's, it's August. July. It's great. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I gotta get my summer reading done. Jeez. <laughs> All right. We're well, going back to school soon. I assure you, I am. I am not 15, uh, even though I may look like it. All right. Uh, although I will say, Bobby, today I had a, you know, just to add insult to injury with that Orioles loss, spilled some coffee on my carpet, ca- I almost said, on my carpet this morning. Uh, brutal. Oh, Absolutely brutal. I don't know if, you know how, like, um, people use seltzer water uh, yeah. to try to get stains out? All I, all I had was 7-Up in my fridge <laughs> <laughs> in terms of carbonation. Uh, I tried it. I think it worked pretty well, actually. All right. Hey, is that the only reason that people use seltzer water? Because of the carpet? Does that actually do anything? I come from a family of seltzer water I'm drinkers, sh- actually, unfortunately. I hate this stuff. It's like okay. soda without the taste. No. I, I, yeah, I get that. But does it actually do anything cleaning-wise? We're Appar- so domestic. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, you can tell our, our apartments are spotless. Apparently, the yeah. bubbles actually help the fabric get rid of exfoliate if you will the stain uh ah, so <laughs> good on you bubbles yeah so oh. good for them it my carpet is probably going to smell like sugary sweet seven up for all time now but at well, least that's the it's not you, brown that's the that's the price you pay for clean, cleanliness also the price i pay for being an idiot and spilling coffee and true but also you could be like you know if you have someone people come over like a little party you're like hey you know you, you have your apartment smells like lemony lime <laughs> like, well, thank you is that a yeah. fre- freshener nope it's seven up yep it's a little uh, a little seven up freshener actually you can probably buy that yeah. at the store like a little you should, car handler <laughs> what you should do is you should definitely go out and buy like uh like uh one of the spray bottles of like yes uh like Windex or something, and just empty it out and just pour seven up and just use that as your cleaner. There we Boom. go. There Am we I go. Genius? <laughs> well, Am no. I domestic now? No, no, because the seven up is going to lose its carbonation. It's going to flatten out over time. Well, so, uh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, Poked yep. a big old hole in your theory there, Bobby. Uh, so, yeah. I'm starting so to. So don't ask, so for our listeners, don't ask me or Paul to clean anything. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, don't try 7-Up. But it it, it gets the job done in a pinch. All right. uh, Let's talk about the Oreos. Alex Cobb yesterday, good start, pretty good start. He's been really good the, the past five starts. Starting to look more like the pitcher that we saw in the last few years in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's got an ERA, I believe, under three in his last five starts combined. So two, three, ERA, seven, baby. There we go. ERA slowly getting back to normal. Right now, it's at about five and a half. Uh, still, <laughs> the re- the record is no bueno, bueno, no bueno, no bueno. Uh, three and fourteen. Yeah, not good. Uh, fourteen, I believe, ties the most losses of any pitcher. But Alex Cobb still pitching pretty well, and that's definitely a good sign when you have this guy under contract for several, a couple more years. Yeah, I mean, his good start last night against the Rays didn't get off to a good start. He gave up a single wild pitch, single single. Um, the next thing you know, the Doros were already down one nothing in the first. But then after that, over his seven innings, he only gave up two hits and two walks. Um, and so he was kind of putting people down. Uh, and, and giving the Orioles a chance. And like I said, they gave them a 3-1 lead. And you'd think that the O's would be able to lock it down. Uh, but, you know, they're missing some major bull piece, bullpen pieces, whether via trade or injury. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate loss, not just for the O's, but for Alex Cobb. He definitely deserved better. Um, the win-loss record, Paul, I'll be honest, I haven't looked too much into detail about how, you know, he's been doing in terms of run support and um, and, you know, how he's been pitching in those games. But, we know this over his last five starts. He has, he himself has pitched better. He's performing better. Um, 16 strikeouts to just six walks. He's only given up two home runs over those five outings, which is fantastic. He's gone at least six innings in four of them. Uh, so he's having, he's posing himself up for a, a strong second half, which will be a good sign for the Orioles for next year. And uh, um, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, especially considering the fact that he's not only under contract for this year, he's owed $14 million next year, $14 million in 2020, and $15 million in 2021, which would be his age 33 season. For a rebuilding team, that's a lot of money, and you better hope that you're going to get at least some kind of return on your investment. And maybe if you need to, he'll have some trade value, and you could swap him for some younger guys if you want to totally redo that rotation. If you need so, to, but as we mentioned yeah. in our, our other episodes, you know, you've got the Orioles do have some veterans laying behind I me mean, because it's tough to do a rebuild with just straight young guys. You do want yeah. some veteran presence in there, like an Adam Jones, like an Alex Cobb for the pitchers. Dylan Bundy is it has to grow up right before our very eyes, so him too. Andrew Kashner, yeah, Mark Trumbo, Chris Davis, yada, yada, yada. So, you know... Yes, if you absolutely have to, yes. Hopefully he could be maybe become a trade piece if he's, if he's pitching well, like at the deadline. But he's also a good present to have in that clubhouse and in the rotation. Absolutely. Uh, plenty of young guys to talk about as well. You mentioned Adam Jones. Let's talk about the fact that he took some balls in right field yesterday before the game. Uh, really has been in center his entire Orioles tenure. Uh, really has not been tried out at right just about ever has maintained that he wants to play in center, despite the fact that slower than he used to be, not quite as good defensively as he used to be. So not the ideal center fielder, but that's where he's been played. The thing is the Orioles happen to have a young center fielder in the minor leagues by the name of Cedric Mullins, who is looking pretty darn good. And it's going to be interesting to see if Adam Jones is willing to move over to right if and when, and I'm assuming it's going to be pretty soon, Cedric Mullins makes his Major League debut. 
Yeah, well, I expect him to see him in September, if not sooner. Um, yeah. You know, over between Bowie and Norfolk this season, he's hitting 288. He was crushing the Eastern League at double A. I mean, he's hitting 313, OPS of 875. He had uh, almost 30 home runs, I believe, in like less than 50 games. He was absolutely yeah. crushing it. Earned his promotion uh, to, the, to the Tides in Norfolk at triple A. Um, it's kind of slowed down a little bit since then. Only um, in, in just about 60 games, I think he's getting at, uh, at Norfolk. Um, he's hitting 267. Only got five home runs and 18 RBIs. But, I mean, the kid can play. The Orioles are definitely going to want to see him, what he can do at the major league level sometime this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Adam taking uh, taking sh- uh, reps in right field yesterday is kind of a sign that we're probably closer than rather than further away from that moment. Definitely. And not only his offense, but his defense should be noted, too, because he's uh, shown a lot of speed in center field. He's uh, getting quick to the ball. He's made some eye popping plays. Uh, So Cedric Mullins, I think he's the next guy that you look at potentially that could join this Orioles team. September, as you mentioned, Bobby, they have those extra roster spots for the September call ups. That's their season ends early. The the triple A. Uh, season ends a little bit early so that they can call these guys up. It's still August 8th. I think we're probably going to see him before that. This is just speculation, but I think they, he, if he continues to play well and bat over 260, roughly, I think they'll at least give him a, tr- a shot uh, in center. Yeah. You know, I know um, Houston L. Diaz is now the O's number one rated overall prospect. Uh, Mullen's down, I think, in nine. Uh, in the top 30, according to MLB Pipeline. Um, but I think we'll see Mullins up before yeah. him just because over, you know, he's been with the organization longer. He's earned it. He's earned the opportunity. Um, and, um, we'll, you know, let's see what he can do. Yeah. You know, at this point, when you're 45 and a half games back out of the, the division, uh, let's just see <laughs> what we got. Why not? You know what, why, why not? Why not? Who's counting at this point? Who's uh, counting? Yeah. But he is one of several young, exciting outfielders. You mentioned Yosniel Diaz. Austin Hayes, another guy who we saw at the in September last year. Didn't do too hot at the major league level, but he still was a very fast riser. Uh, Rose was, I believe, the Orioles minor league player of the year last year. Uh, yes, Rose, he was. Rose through the system very quickly. So to be expected that he was going to struggle a little bit when he got to the major leagues. This year, however, in the minor leagues, he has definitely struggled playing at the double A level. Uh, he hit just 225 before going down with an injury to sideline him for several months. But now yeah, he's keep back. Keep in mind that. Yeah. Yeah, keep in mind that he's been out since May. Um, and he, he was on a rehab assignment with Aberdeen over the past couple of days. And then he finally made his return to, to Bowie uh, last night. Um, Craig Gentry, who's also rehabbing. Um, Made made the start in left field, um, but at one point this is exciting, Paul. Um, yeah, Steve Molesky at MassinSports.com mentioned this um, in his blog. I believe it was yesterday morning. Um, the, at one point last night, the Bay Sox had uh, Ryan McKenna in left field, Yusniel Diaz in center, and Austin Hayes in right. That is a young and exciting outfield. <laughs> I mean, that is that is the future right there for this Orioles fan. I mean, obviously, Cedric Mullins, we just touched on, he's at AAA. But that is a lot of good young talent playing at the same time at the AA buoy. Um, and O's fans got to be excited for that. Oh, definitely. Uh, they, For whatever reason, the Orioles, that seems to be the one position that they are stacked at would be outfield. Uh, those three guys are certainly very exciting. 
Um, and, you know, we'll see about what the Orioles end up doing. It's all way down the road, but you say maybe you could move Trey Mancini back to his original position at first, and then he got a very young, good, deep outfield. That's certainly something that you could build around uh, for the Orioles. McKenna has had a very good year, by the way. Um, he is just 21 years old, so he's one of the younger guys uh, on this team, but he got bumped up to Bowie, as you mentioned, hitting just about 250, but before that he was crushing it at Frederick, absolutely de- demolishing the ball, uh, hitting 377. So he's rising quickly through the ranks. And another guy, just 21 years old, but could get his feet wet in the bigs with those September call-ups. Yeah, and I, I said this last week, Paul, when we recorded our episode, um, you know, September, take this record that the Orioles have and throw that out the window. September could still be interesting baseball for this club and for this fan base because you're going to see a lot of these young guys come up and see what they got and what they can play. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these young guys running around in the outfield and making plays for the, for the birds and, and seeing what they can do with the plate. And not just the fact that they have young guys coming up in September. We've already seen a couple of these guys that they've traded for. We've seen Cody Carroll, we've seen Evan Phillips, and we've seen Bravik Valera, three guys that they got at the deadline and some of those deals so far results pretty good very small sample size but you gotta like what you see yeah um uh i've got some numbers on on the pitchers you mentioned yeah. uh both righties Cody carroll um came over from the yankees and of course he made his orioles debut against the yankees actually i think it was his major league debut too um but he's got two scoreless innings over two appearances which is great to see he's only allowed one hit he's thrown 65 percent of his uh pitches for strikes uh he's got a fastball slider splitter Uh, His fastball topping out of 97. He's just missing 98 miles per hour, which is impressive to see from a young guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he needed 21 pitches in that out against the Yankees, but only 10 in his next against the Rangers. So a little more efficient. And that second time around, maybe some jitters. Um, But he's got – he's looking good. Uh, And then Phillips, another right-hander. He's got uh, scoreless two innings in his O's debuts. He struck out three. um, But then uh, last – the game in the eighth inning gave up two honored runs uh walked three guys in in the eighth uh and obviously the Rays tied the game and then went wouldn't to walk it off uh, but he's got a fastball change slider fastball topping at 95 so some good heat that these young pitchers can throw out of the bullpen um i know the Orioles are excited about that and the fact that they're already up with the big league club throwing in games um and coming in in, in high leverage situations especially in the in the evan phillips's case uh, it's a good sign, and you know, you got to see what you guys are made of. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's it's there is at least reason to watch for the last couple months of the season. If you were watching a lot of these veterans play out the string, I think that would certainly be a little bit more frustrating and disappointing for Orioles fans. If you were going to be watching a bunch of guys who were going to be walk who are going to walk in free agency or who are going to end up not being a part of this team's future. So to see these young guys gives you a reason to take note of them. and gives you a reason to tune in every night. Uh, another guy who's given you a reason to tune in every night would be Mark Trumbo hitting pretty well since the deadline. Uh, small sample size, again, just five games, but he's hitting 400, had a terrific two-homer game a couple days ago against Texas. He's got three homers and 10 RBIs since the trade deadline. We know that the trade deadline is not a hard brick wall and that the Orioles can still make moves if guys clear waivers. 
Mark Trumbo might be playing himself out of Baltimore at this point. What do you think, Bobby? It's definitely a case, especially if I mean I'm I'm off the top of my head I can't really think of anyone who would need an immediate bat. It would definitely have to be an AL team, uh, someone who needed a DH because I don't know if a playoff team can risk throwing Mike, Mark Trumbo into right field and during a playoff game or even at first base. He's got limited action there too. Um, so probably an American League team. I can't think. I mean, obviously. The Yankees and the Red Sox, they've got plenty of bats. Um, the Yankees have a couple of injuries, yes, but I, I think they can make do without making a move for Trumbo. Um, the Indians, I don't know if they need a, a, a DH because they've got Encarnacion. Um, yeah, it'd be tough. The Astros obviously are stacked too. It'd be tough to find a spot, a suitor. I mean, it might take like – you never want an injury, obviously, but it might take an injury type of case where they need an immediate bat uh, just – because of a freak incident or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mark's swinging the bat well. Like, he, we're used to him seeing, uh, you know, like his first year in Baltimore where he crushed however many home runs that was. Um, uh, 45, I believe. 45. Is that his number, too? Uh, let's let's look that up. Let's I'm look pretty that sure up. that's Mark Trumbo's number, which is pretty fun. Um, he, it was two, 47. Sorry, 47 two years ago. Oh, so he two passed his number. Yes. Um, yes, I believe so. Yes, um, he is number 45. Good call, Bobby. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mark, and again, another veteran presence in the clubhouse can show some young guys, you know, give some pointers, especially at the plate uh, where, you know, these young guys obviously don't have the power that Mark Trumbo has, but, you know, we're hoping that eventually they'll grow into their own bodies and, and get bigger and stronger, and then they'll can take some of these tips and, and be some, we'll, see, we'll still see some long balls in Baltimore. Yeah, uh, if you're talking about trade candidates, I would look for maybe a team, maybe, maybe a team like Seattle. I know they have Nelson Cruz as their DH former Oriole, but um, if they need an extra bat, they've been slipping recently. Uh, they are on the outside looking in now in that AL wildcard race, and uh, they might be a little bit desperate enough to try to make a move for an extra bat. Uh, somebody like that. We'll see, obviously, but... It's at least good to see that he has raised his batting average at least 30 points since last year. He's playing himself back into the, the 2016 form, as you mentioned. Good to see from him. Um, another veteran guy that has played pretty well that the Orioles received at the deadline would be Jonathan VR. He has uh, played pretty well since coming over to the Orioles. Just five games, but he's hitting 429. Hit his first uh, home run with the Orioles. He's shown that speed on the base path, stealing uh, two, uh, one base rather. He set, you know, was the major league leader in stolen bases in 2016 with 62. So he was a low risk guy that was kind of a throw in. It seemed like in that Milwaukee trade, but somebody who, at just 27 years old, might have a future with this team. Might be one of the veterans that they keep around. Yeah, I apologize for, to either Rock or Steve. One of those guys wrote just last week about um, how the Orioles kind of have that missing piece now in terms of a leadoff hitter, yeah. hitter excuse me, and, and stolen base threat in Jonathan Villar, um, which obviously this team hasn't had in, uh, God, I don't know how long. I mean, this is, it's just not a staple of the Buck Showalter Orioles that we've seen over the past couple of years. Um, but, yeah, he's doing great in the leadoff spot. He gets on base, and he, he, he's a threat to at least run. And um, you can't – the pitcher – usually you would think opposing pitchers going against the Orioles – don't really consider once they give up, give up a base runner. They don't really have to worry about the guy running. Now you do, especially the leadoff guy. 
And so that's always a threat. And then obviously with runners on base, with the power bats that they do have left over, you know, you can score high, high volume runs in a quick period of time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so he is making the Orioles watchable as well. Um, one thing I do want to talk about also, Bobby, we touched on the prospects. We touched on all the reasons to watch. Last night was a, another example of a tough loss for the Orioles in a season where at this point, they don't exactly need wins. They are very de- buried in those AL East standings, 45, 45 and, a half and a half games out of first place, just 34 wins. They are tied with the Kansas City Royals for the worst record in the American League and in baseball. Progress. At this, at this point, Bobby, okay, all those bad things, you take it. You understand that. At this point, you look ahead. We know that tanking is a thing in other sports. We've heard tanking being a problem before this season with teams that actually have actually turned out to be pretty good, most notably the Rays. How about them? Um, but the the fact that the Orioles are tied for the worst record in baseball and are in line to have one of the top picks in the draft, are you rooting that hard for the Orioles to win? That hard? Uh... The focus has definitely shifted. Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. obviously the focus is not 2018 anymore. The focus is 2019, 2020, 2021, three, four years on the line. Yeah. It says, I mean, I've spoken to this. It's no secret. I, I grew up an Orioles fan. I obviously cover the team now, but I root for them to win when I, when I can. And, you know, it's always a better day when the Orioles win. That being said, the quote-unquote tanking method has proven to work. The Astros did it, and they're the defending World Series champions. Um, yeah. You know, how long did the Cubs suck for before they uh, finally won a World Series? Uh, the Rays reached the World Series in 2009. I mean, we, there's a long list. And I think it depends on the sport. Like, you know, we've seen your Sixers. They tanked, and now they're one of the best teams in the East. Um, yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, it has proven to work. It's just kind of tough to buy into, okay, let's lose. And it's also a hard sell to the players. And also – what kind of message does that send the young guys when they come up? Like, hey, you know, it's okay to lose. <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. the kind of culture you want to build when you're rebuilding. You know, there's a specific way to go about it. If you do it the right way, yeah, sure, obviously it works. It's proven to work. But, you know, if you send a bad message and create a, a losing culture. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, – I mean, let's also be clear. Tanking is never a thing that happens at the player level or even the coach level. It's never something that coaches talk about, Lack managers talk about in their meeting and say, hey, just uh, don't run that. Don't run out that fly ball or, hey, you know, it's always a managerial. It's always a general manager front office type thing uh, more than anything. And it's in baseball. It's often it's rarely, hey, let's go get that number one pick because the number one pick never turns it. You know, it's it's not a guaranteed lottery ticket. Uh, yeah, I like mean the baseball draft. Other sports. Right, the baseball draft is so crazy compared to the football, yeah. basketball, hockey, even the hockey draft. I mean, there's just so many players to choose from. You know, the number one overall pick you can't bank on every single time. Yeah, but at this point, it would be nice for the Orioles to get the the number one overall pick. But I do want to hear from longtime Orioles fans as to what they are looking forward to. Are, are wins truly taking a back seat? Obviously, you want to see them. But do you, if they lose a game like last night, do you just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, eh, it's okay. We're one 
step closer to the number one pick. I mean, is that is that a legitimate thought in your mind? See, I, for, for I me, think for some people, it might be. Okay, that's fair. But for me, it's not because the way that, – that was a game they had in their hand. Like, okay, you know, you still want to win the game. And the yeah. way they lost – as for me, it's easier to just take like a nine nothing beating, and then okay, you know that helps in terms of getting the number one pick or whatever. When you're up three to one in the eighth, and then tie it, and then they walk it off in the ninth, that's like that's heartbreaking. You know, I I yeah. would always if you're in position to win, win the game. But you know, I think it makes the the beatdowns and and just getting blown out of the field easier to to accept than it does these heartbreaking losses. I think the heartbreaking losses will still always hurt uh, Orioles fans, and you know. On the flip side, anytime you can beat the likes of the Yankees or the Red Sox or the division rival, it's going to put a smile on your face. <laughs> so definitely, you know, always go for the win first and um, go from there. Definitely, but I do want to hear from Orioles fans. Be sure to tweet us, do whatever you want to, leave comments, however you want to uh, respond to that question. At Paul Mancano, at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Play. Anywhere you can find podcasts, really, you can find us. Uh, and uh, hopefully the, the O's are going to give us more reasons to watch for the last couple months. Paul McConnell, Bobby Blanco. Bobby, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me. Thanks, Paul. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. See you later, everybody.